This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. On the night before the new Congress was sworn in, House Republicans quietly moved to defag an independent ethics office that polices misconduct by elected officials. By mid-morning the next day, the Republicans were quickly backtracking, scrapping a rules change that would more or less have gutted the Office of Independent Ethics. That flip-flop may have been mere clumsiness in an era where the president-elect is talking about draining the swamp in Washington. But it showed how progressive interest groups and even some conservatives are serious about curbing the perception of self-dealing and backdoor shenanigans that's contributed to Congress's staggeringly low approval ratings. I'm Adriel Bettelheim, joined by Money and Politics reporter Kate Ackley and by CQ policy editor Catalina Camilla. The Office of Congressional Ethics, at least until now, wasn't widely known to the general public, but House members have had a real love-hate relationship with it since it was created in the wake of the Jack Abramoff lobbying scandal. Kate, why did the Republicans launch an attack now? Well, it was certainly curious timing on the eve of the new Congress, but it was actually the the main way that they could take away the, the Office of Congressional Ethics. It was created through the, the rules, and so it was going to take a rules change to undo it or roll it back or change it, which is what they tried to do. It sort of looked like a sneaky, at, at the dark of night type of attack on it, but that was sort of the, the, the best strategy uh, to change it. It turned out, though, that it it backfired, and there was obviously a public relations backlash that uh, undid it. And some of that backlash was triggered by the president-elect, Donald Trump, who opined on Twitter uh, that the lawmakers really had better things to do than gut the ethics office, like working on taxes or repealing uh, Obamacare. Uh, Kat, how much did his social media intervention swing things? Trump's tweet uh, set off a furor on the Hill. As one reporter heard in the Speaker's lobby, you know, one tweet had them scrambling and had the House Republican Conference changing policy. They stepped on their own message. As Speaker uh, Ryan said in his own remarks to the 115th Congress that day, they heard the message from the voters that they are to deliver and to change Washington and to come up with uh, achievements that everyone can be proud of. Trump's tweet also uh, had two meanings behind it. He wasn't really criticizing the substance or the style, but he was criticizing the timing. He said their first priority should be tax reform and repealing the health care law known as Obamacare. And that's what uh, set people apart. Kate, the ethics office can act on anonymous tips about lawmaker misconduct and it refers cases to the House Ethics Committee. What are some of the noteworthy cases it's investigated? Well, there have been several. And the interesting thing about the Office of Congressional Ethics is that they publish, they make public their reports. So there's a lot of information that, that can make it into news stories, including in CQ Roll Call. There are a few signature cases. One is from a couple years ago, 
that brought to light a trip that 10 lawmakers of both parties, Republicans and Democrats, they traveled to Azerbaijan and they got gifts and, you know, all this stuff that was, uh, you know, certainly led to some some public outrage or eye rolling. But you had members from from both sides of the aisle represented on that trip. You had Ted Poe, a Republican of Texas, Steve Stockman, a Republican, uh, another Republican from Texas, as well as uh, Sheila Jackson Lee, a Democrat from Texas. And uh, you also had uh, Danny K. Davis, a Democrat from Illinois and and others. So it was uh, that was a bipartisan probe. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, who who is the um, ranking member on the House Financial Services Committee, uh, the Office of, of uh, Congressional Ethics also looked into some of her behavior, including uh, where she intervened on behalf of a bank where her husband held a financial stake. Uh, again, you know, these are these have been bipartisan investigations. And from talking to my sources over the past few days, there, you know, there's not a big secret that lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, House members on both sides of the aisle, don't care so much for the, the Office of Congressional Ethics. Yeah, you, I mean, some have criticized the office for these overzealous investigations, not just of lawmakers, but of staff. And uh, you wrote that both Democrats and Republicans have they, you've cited instances where they tried to cut funding for the office, attach new requirements about what it has to tell subjects of investigations, all that. Right. Uh, in, two, in 2011, uh, Congressman Mel Watt, he tried to cut the funding by 40 percent uh, to OCE. Uh, Congressman Steve Pierce, who's a Republican from New Mexico, he tried to do a rule change, uh, you know, basically to uh, to neuter the, the office. So you've seen attacks from both sides of the aisle uh, over the years. But this did come as somewhat of a surprise. I mean, a lot of people were just coming back into town, didn't even realize that Congress was uh, was doing anything. And here Republicans were meeting quietly uh, to make this rule change. So it was a, a bit of a surprise. Another interesting uh, part of what happened with the ethics debacle is that it came almost a decade after probably the most well-known scandal in Washington, and that was the Jack Abramoff scandal. At the time, lobbyist Jack Abramoff was being investigated and eventually indicted and went to jail for his work on behalf of Indian tribes and the and the overbilling that he did. And so it brought back to mind what Democrats back in the Jack Abramoff days uh, and all these investigations that Kate referred to as the culture of corruption. Well, and not only not only that, you know, but it just it gave the the, the Democrats and their progressive allies uh, it gave them this wonderful messaging. They, the public citizen, a progressive group that is, uh, you know, monitors ethics and and lobbying issues. They called this move, this this proposed rule change, the Jack Abramoff Restoration Act of 2017. Now it's not even an act, so it's not that that was particularly accurate. But look at what great messaging they had that they used to 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 defeat this. And obviously, they also had the the help of President-elect Trump, who joined the bandwagon in opposition of it. So uh, it was a, a, interesting optics. Was, uh, and speaking of, of the messaging, uh, the House Democratic leader, Nancy Pelosi, in arguing for creation of that office way back then, spoke of draining the swamp. So that's not exactly a, a new phrase either, right? No, it's not. And it'll be interesting to see 
in the coming months as the Trump administration gets underway, how the Republicans on the Hill actually respond to perceived infractions on the president's part. Uh, there are already concerns about his cabinet picks, the very wealthy ones, and potential conflicts of interest that they have in their financial holdings. And even Trump himself has uh, concerns in his own business. For instance, he's effectively going to be his own landlord uh, with the Trump Hotel in D.C. in the old post office. That is a, com a conflict of interest on its face. How is the Republican uh, uh, Congress going to uh, respond to that. It's interesting to note that up until this point, uh, the congressional committees that are charged with oversight, in particular in the House, Congressman Chaffetz hasn't been uh, too forthcoming about what he plans to do to actually police his own uh, president and his own Republican administration. So there will be a lot to write about. Now, it should be pointed out, the Independent Ethics Office is apply to the House of Representatives. Is there any equivalent independent office on the Senate side? No, there isn't. Uh, in fact, advocates for government ethics have been pushing for a similar office on the Senate side, but but so far they have not they have not achieved that. Senators have not created uh, that. What about the executive branch who keeps track of uh, nefarious dealings by cabinet officers, say? Right. Well, just to add in a few more letters to our alphabet soup, that's OGE, the Office of Government Ethics. And that's what uh, that's the uh, Twitter handle that was tweeting about uh, Trump. And, and as Kat mentioned, his conflicts of potential conflicts of interest in his business holdings. Uh, the Office of Government Ethics is is basically in charge of policing um, federal government employees, the bureaucrats, the cabinet position officials and, and so forth. Money and Politics reporter Kate Ackley, CQ Policy Editor Catalina Camilla on Republicans' attempts to gut Congress's ethics watchdog. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can find all of our podcasts at rollcall.com forward slash podcasts.